What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to this edition of B-Shape Daily Live. It is Sunday night, April 30th, 2023, and the Cardinals are glad to see the month of April in the rear view because it was not a good one. Your St. Louis Cardinals had a chance to go out west and make something happen of their season, turn things around, right? It wasn't going to be easy against teams like the Mariners, the Giants, and the Dodgers. But some of those teams have been underperforming too coming into this road trip for the Cardinals. And so maybe there was a chance to catch those teams napping. Well, it didn't go that way. The exact opposite happened. The Cardinals were swept out of Dodger Stadium this afternoon to finish off a 2-8 and eight road trip. I think I talked 10 days ago and said, if the Cardinals can just go 5-5 five and five or so, you might even take 4-6, and six. just tread water, just try to get back home. This isn't going to be an easy trip. Try to just stay the course, and they very much did not do that. 2-8 and eight on the trip. They fall to, I mean, they're dead last, and it's not close in the NL Central. They're 10 games back of the Pirates. That's not a sentence that should be said ever, but certainly not in 2023 with the expectations that the Cardinals came into the season with. They're 10 and 19. The Pirates are 20 and 9. The Brewers are playing pretty good baseball at 18 and 10. And then you've got the Cubs and the Reds even are two and a half games clear of your St. Louis Cardinals. They're yours. I'm not claiming them. (laughs) The Cardinals are struggling, guys. It has been brutal. It has been hard to watch at times. And by at times, I mean most of the time. At 10 and 19. Did you ever imagine a 10 and 19 April for the Cardinals? Uh, Boy. Not fun, and and you know, in, on a serious note too, guys, sad day for Cardinals fans with the uh, the news of the passing of Mike Shannon, legendary broadcaster, Cardinals Hall of Famer. If you're if you're around my age, you remember Jack Buck on the Cardinals radio broadcast a little bit, but you grew up with Mike Shannon on the Cardinals radio broadcast. And for people a little older than me, you you, you might have gotten to really experience both at the same time. Um, but for I would argue that for generations of Cardinals fans, man, Mike Shannon is Cardinals baseball. And so it is a really sad day, a day that, you know, we knew we knew it had to, to happen eventually uh, when, when Mike Shannon had COVID and never really fully recovered, um, did his damnedest in the, the following season in 2021, broadcasting that season. Uh, if you listened on the radio then, you, you kind of knew that that maybe, you know, COVID had hit Mike Shannon hard. Uh, but courageous of him to to come back after dealing with that disease and and uh, you know fighting as long as he did. Mike Shannon was 83 years old. Man, we are gonna miss Mike Shannon. Uh, what a what a what a character, what a legend of Cardinals baseball. So like you've got all you've got that going on. Heavy hearts today, right? And and then you're looking at the the aspect of the team. But I couldn't not uh, come on here and sing the praises of Mike Shannon. Uh, man, I mean I think about listening to Cardinals baseball growing up. Think about my dad, my grandpa. Like that's that's what Cardinals baseball is is about, really. It's the family. It's the the generational aspect of this thing. And Cardinals baseball on the radio. There's something special about it because you don't have to be from St. Louis necessarily to be able to feel that. You can be from anywhere in the Midwest, right? And you might have picked up that KMOX signal uh, on those summer nights. So it's really tough to see Mike Shannon gone. Uh, he will be missed, but he'll be remembered forever, right? By generations of Cardinals fans who uh, are today sharing the, the the favorite moments that he had on, on Twitter. You're seeing a lot of those videos. I mean, you'll laugh until you cry, man, with some of the stuff that, that Mike Shannon came up with. He was one of a kind, and he really will be missed. But uh, I just wanted to make sure off the top that I started with that um, because I think a lot of Cardinals fans out there, you know, you know exactly where I'm coming from uh, with, with that regarding Mike Shannon. 
But let's go ahead and get into the Cardinals and the way things are going right now. Today they lose 6-3 to to the Dodgers out in Los Angeles. It was one of those games that coming into it, you go, well, Noah Syndergaard for L.A. hasn't had the greatest start to the year. The Cardinals are kind of throwing their number five as well in Jake Woodford. Uh, you figured this was maybe going to be his last start regardless uh, with Adam Wainwright having one more rehab today with Memphis. And then the way that Woodford performed, yeah, Jake Woodford, I think, is is on his way out of the rotation and, and maybe off the roster, uh, at least for the time being. Three and two-thirds innings, ended up just three earned runs, but you don't get out of the fourth. That's not what you want. Really what hurt Jake Woodford today, which I thought he had a good curveball working. I, I saw him break off quite a few curveballs that I thought that was kind of his his pitch that he could go to. But, man, anytime he threw a, a fastball or a sinker in the strike zone, they were on it. And that was just, uh, you could tell that he was a little bit tentative to do it because he wasn't really putting that pitch by anybody very often today. Uh, three walks is what really hurt Jake Woodford in this game and wasn't efficient, wasn't able to get deep. And so I think you'll see him on the way out of the rotation. That might be one of the moves that are made. And we'll talk about what moves we think should be made. Let me know in the comments, what do you want to see the Cardinals do before Tuesday? Because I think that's the conversation here as they come home from this road trip that, I mean, the team was already spiraling before the road trip, and now you go out on the road and, and go 2-8 and eight in a week and a half to just basically, I mean, fall out of the race? Isn't isn't that fair to say as of right now with where the Cardinals are? Uh, it's not pretty. You can't just expect things to change on their own. I know they've had some bad luck. It seems like they hit into one line drive double play every game, and you go, man, that was, that was crummy. It happens every game, but... It's not just bad luck haunting the Cardinals right now. It's bad play. It's inconsistency on offense. Uh, You saw inconsistency today from the bullpen, right? Like, they asked the bullpen to do a lot when you don't get out of the fourth and you're Jake Woodford. Um, But the Cardinals bullpen, some of the guys that he's been really confident about, they, they end up struggling today. Zach Thompson comes to mind. A couple of walks. He allows a hit, a couple of earned runs, and doesn't get a full inning of, of outs worth. Um, the command for Zach Thompson over the last few outings has really been suspect. He looks so sharp to begin the season, and that has just evaporated. Uh, n- not somebody that you feel great about trusting and leverage right now, um, but the Cardinals, you know, you, you're going to use your bullpen. Everybody in your bullpen's got to be ready to pitch, and that's why maybe you're going to see some moves now. Uh, you know, JoJo Romero comes into this game, does a nice job. Verhagen didn't allow any runs, uh, earn runs on his own. Uh, Gallegos allows a run, and Helsley got some work. It's an off day tomorrow for the Cardinals, so everybody's going to get a chance to kind of take a beat. But after that, I think John Mozeliak and this front office need to be looking at moves. Um, and it's not to say that any of the individuals that will go down or go out, that it's their fault that the Cardinals are are where they are, but you've got to you got to shake something up. And sometimes you say, well, we don't want to just make a move to make a move. No, right now you kind of should make a move to make a move. Make three of them. Make five of them. It, I mean, really. And there, there are some that I think you could make the argument for that I might disagree with. Some I would say, yep, I could see it. I want to see what you guys think, though. Let me know what moves do you want to see. And, like, don't – you're going to say fire Marmol, and that's going to be – I'm going to read that 100 times. Roster moves. Give me roster moves that you think legitimately could give this team a different look come Tuesday. I'll be curious to see where you guys come from on that. But uh, with that kind of said, I – you know, we'll talk about the game as we go through, but I just wanted to give my little opening spiel. But now I'm going to dive right into your comments and uh, – Let's make sure we don't miss anything. What do you? What are your takeaways from the road trip and from the game today? Andrew wants everybody to boycott the team and uh, stop giving them your money. You want Mosellock to go, DeWitt to sell the team. Like I said, we're off to a hot start. I kind of figured that would be where we're at. Um, I, I've had a lot of conversations on Twitter about this. John Mosellock, what's his status, right? 
If it doesn't fall on Ali Marmel, well, who does it fall on? Does it fall on the guy that's putting the roster together? You can make a case that there should be some responsibility there. Here's my take on it. You're not going to love it if you're if you're in the fire Mosellac crowd. You're not going to love hearing it. I don't think John Mosellac can get fired. I don't think it's possible. I think he decides, maybe in conjunction with Bill DeWitt and the organization, decides when his tenure ends, when his role changes. Now, keep in mind, something that people may not be fully cognizant of, that's happening as, I mean, it's happening soon, right? The contract runs through 2025 that he that he got the extension on, and by the end of it, it's going to be a different-looking uh, function in the front office. He's going to hand off some responsibilities. Could a season like this expedite that process? I say it could, but I don't think it happens without him greenlighting it and saying, yeah, this is what's best for the Cardinals, what's best for me. So I don't think John Mosellac gets fired, but that doesn't mean that there there wouldn't be maybe changes that they that they usher in over the next couple of years because, honestly, I think that was going to happen anyway. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Connor says the only good thing about the road trip has been the live streams post-game. Just here to watch the world burn at this point. Connor, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you for being here. Some more people have uh, joined since I last said, hey, please like the stream. So if you could, give it a like. Up to 16. Appreciate that. I see them all. So I thank you guys for doing that. Like the stream and then go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel so you'll never miss a live stream when we do them. We've had a lot of fun during this uh, road trip, despite the fact that the team has not. Um, I, I would prefer to be in a bunker elsewhere. No cable, no ability, Billy, to watch the baseball games. Um, that would be that would be a lot easier on everybody right now. Caleb just has a very flat face. He's not liking the way things are going. Mike asked this, how certain am I that moves will be made, including a trade? I am certain that a trade will not be made. I'm certain about that. You won't see a trade by Tuesday. Uh, now they probably will make one, right? Not a major trade. I don't see a trade coming. It's only May. It's going to be May. It's April right now. It's about to be May. It's really hard to get other teams looking to trade because most of them aren't as desperate as the Cardinals are right now. You know, most of the teams do not have 10 and 19 records. And the ones that do, we're kind of figuring that they would. Other than the White Sox, everybody's sitting in the same boat going, yeah, this is kind of where we thought we would be. And so I don't really think trades are are in the offing. But what I do think is in the offing is a lot of moves, a lot of rides on that Memphis shuttle for a number of players. Um, you know, Jake Woodford is a guy that we talked about. At first, I thought maybe he could pitch well enough to keep himself in the bullpen conversation. I think right now you just probably can option him to Memphis and you can always bring him back, but keep him around his starting depth is probably the way that they'll go. Um, and, and you're going to bring somebody up. Now, Adam Wainwright pitched today. It didn't go all that great, but I'm not too worried about the results. Like I've said, I'm going to allow Wainwright to get back to the big leagues and then I'll decide, hey, how do I view his his progress and what the Cardinals are going to get out of him? I'm going to give him that that leeway I feel like is a veteran player. He's earned that. You may say I'm deathly concerned about 87 miles per hour and the consistency with which Wayno is getting hit down there. Uh, that's your prerogative. I don't share it, but that I again, I'm not going to yell at a fan for feeling that way. I just think let Wainwright cook is kind of the way I'm I'm looking at it. And he could come up and it could struggle, and then we'll talk about it at that point. But until then, he gets the benefit of the doubt from me. Uh, but he does have, you know, he's going to occupy a roster spot. And there's other guys that you could look at from the bullpen, like Zach Thompson. I could see a move being made there. 
Uh, you got to shuffle in some new lefties potentially. We'll see the way they want to do it because that's a guy that has had such success in the beginning of the year, but then it has really tailed off. And the command, he seems to be searching for it right now. And that's not helping anybody when you had been sort of trusting him as one of your prime leverage relievers, especially from the left side. Now, the good news with it is that Genesis Cabrera has looked better. And so he kind of falls into that number one lefty role, I think, for now. Whether or not they stick with Thompson on the roster or they make a move remains to be seen. You've also got the whole situation swirling around Steven Matz. He'll probably make that next start. I think that's coming up here uh, Tuesday, right? He falls behind Woodford in the rotation. So he would be the next guy in line to make a start for the Cardinals. I have talked about the last one not looking all that great. What are the Cardinals going to do about that, if anything? It seems like this could be like, give him a start, and if it doesn't go well, we got to make a move. I think he'll get the start, but I i don't know for sure. Maybe they've got a plan already in the offing. They're going to bring somebody up. I don't think Matthew Libertor could pitch yet is the one thing I would say for folks who would say, well, swap the two lefties in and you're good. I think Libby just pitched within the last couple few days. He had six scoreless innings. He wouldn't quite line up for Tuesday. So that's not a move I think they can make. I could be speaking out of turn on that. Um, but down the road, could Libertor earn an opportunity in this rotation within even the next week? I don't think it's impossible that he could slide into the Libertor or into the Stephen Matz spot at some point. Now, people would say Stephen Matz, $11 million per year for the next three years, uh, this year and then two more. It's an expensive reliever, um, but it you know they've paid relievers before. They've signed relievers to contracts. I remember the Greg Holland deal. That was only a one-year deal, but he was making that kind of money. I think it was 14 actually, for Greg Holland. Andrew Miller made this kind of money, and he was a reliever. The Cardinals have since gone, eh, we're not signing relief pitching to that kind of deal because, well, historically it hasn't worked out for us if you look at those two examples and the ROI that you got for those deals. However, you've already signed Steven Matz, and he might be, there may come a point where he's hurting you more in your rotation uh, than, than it's worthwhile because of the money. So you just go, maybe he can help us. Maybe he can be Andrew Miller in the bullpen. Maybe he can be a lefty reliever that can develop into somebody we trust. But if you're continuing to throw him out there every fifth day and it's not going well, there does have to come a point, and sooner rather than later with the way this Cardinals team is playing, I think there does have to come a point where they make a move and make a decision on that. Uh, so it may be one more start. If he does well, push that can, kick that can down the road. If not, that could be something else that the Cardinals could end up looking at. So there are moves, I think, to be made. Other bullpen moves. The Taylor Motter move, I mean, Juan Yepes has been raking in Memphis. Taylor Motter didn't play. Did he even get into a game once since they re, since they assigned him? I don't I don't know that he did. Was it as simple as he was? Well, you're out there. Don't fly back because we've decided we're going to take Jordan Walker to Memphis, and uh, you just can stay out here on the the West Coast, enjoy the trip, and it's going to be short lived for you. I, the Cardinals played with 25 man roster basically over the last few days. Uh, Juan Yepes could have bat against Clayton Kershaw. I'm not saying he would have gotten a hit, but you look at what Juan Yepes does. Give him a shot, man. I. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So I think that changes. I'd be surprised. Like, if Taylor Motter does remain on the roster through Tuesday, which, again, this is not about Taylor Motter, and that's why I feel so bad about the way it's framed. Um, It's about the guys at Memphis that could provide more offensively than him, and you don't need the defensive flexibility. Why did I say it like that? You don't need the defensive flexibility that Taylor Motter offers because you've got Tommy Edmond. You've got Paul DeYoung. You've got Nolan Gorman that could play second. Oh, and you've got the next winner and the previous winner of the utility gold glove in the national league, Brendan Donovan, he could play everywhere. This guy's unbelievable. The plays he was making at first base today, he's making plays everywhere he goes. He looks like a great third baseman when he's over there. Brendan Donovan, if the, if the offense can just 
kind of get back to where it was to begin the season that first week or so, you've got a special player in Brendan Donovan. He he's just a ball player, man. Uh, love watching him play first base today and pick it over there. He does. He's. I mean, it's. It's. I say he's underrated, even though he won the utility Gold Glove for a reason. But like, I still feel his defense is underrated because of just how good and smooth he is at so many different spots. All that being said, Taylor Motter, I don't know what he brings. What is the edge that he gives you as your 26th man? And back when I thought DeYoung was going to be the 26th man, I made clear, hey, let's not fixate on the 26th man. It's not that big of a deal. No matter who it is, it's not like it's the reason the team is failing. But when the team is failing this spectacularly, you just got swept out of Dodger Stadium, you're 2-8 and eight in your last road trip. You need to find the margins where you can find them. And that means I think Taylor Motter is superfluous on this roster. Uh, they need somebody who can hit in that spot. I get it. You'll say, well, Yepes is just going to come up here and it's going to be just like it was with Walker. You're not going to trust to play him defensively. You're not going to be able to uh, get him daily at bats or you're going to stunt his development. Um, no offense, but Juan Yepes was not a top prospect. Juan Yepes is probably like, yeah, please stunt my development and let me do it while I'm in St. Louis. I'm cool with that. Like, for Walker, it's different. He's a younger player than Yepes by a couple few years, and we've seen Yepes have cups of coffee in the big leagues. And what he has done, the skill set is, I'm Juan Yepes. I can come off the bench, and I can hit you a dinger without uh, cold in out of the of the bench. That is something that Juan Yepes brings. You want that on your major league roster. Bring Juan Yepes up. Let him stay here the rest of the year. Let him take those late games at bats against tough relievers, and let let's see what happens. I get it. He could be batting every day and really developing. He has nothing left to show at Memphis. Let him try to stick at the big leagues. He's a bat off the bench, right-handed pop. He puts bat to ball. Like, give Juan Yepes that opportunity. If he's not up by Tuesday, I'm confused, and they should just trade him because uh, they're they're doing dirty by, by keeping him there. There's no reason for him to be there if Taylor Motter is the alternative because you're not going to get the same level of bat off the bench pop from Taylor Motter. And, and I get that they play different positions, I think positionally the Cardinals are covered with the flexibility where they're not covered right now is offense. And so that would be maybe another move that I could see them make. I could see them really shaking up the bullpen if they want, like Romero pitched well today. But, like, if you really want to just cycle through the entire thing, you go, okay, Mater was on the 40-man again. You DFA him again. There's a room. There's a piece on the 40-man roster that's open. You could you could do something with that. Andrew Suarez, lefty with Memphis. It's a veteran, been around the block, former uh, San Francisco Giant. Maybe you throw him into the mix. Like, start throwing stuff against the wall and see what sticks. That's kind of where the Cardinals are at right now for me. So Greg had asked what the five I would swap out are. I gave some examples there. Let me know who I missed, and I'll tell you. I'll, I'll just be honest. Like, yeah, I could see that move, or no, I don't think I, I see that move. Uh, Billy says, Libertor up, Walker up. I don't think they'll send Walker right back up, um, and I don't know if there's, like, a limitation on, on without injury. I think it's 10 days that they got to keep him down anyway without injury. Um, they want him to work in Memphis. I don't think the Walker part of it is changing, but you can certainly, I think, have a more effective bench even without Walker in the mix. Uh, Woodford optioned, I think, will happen, um, and, and Tyler O'Neill sent to Canada. Um, I don't think that's necessary, but, uh, you know, O'Neill at the plate right now, struggling. He came into the game for Burleson. Burleson had a nice swing, uh, got the start against the right-handed pitcher. Makes sense. And then you sub in O'Neill. Like I've said, that's your platoon. Burleson is going to play against righties. O'Neill comes in against lefties or, you know, late in game for defense. It's a good mixture. Uh, but today when O'Neill got his chance, over two with a strikeout. So still struggling at the plate. Uh, batting average down to 241. The OPS, I believe, has slid now below 700. But Tyler O'Neill, you know, that's where he is. 
Nolan Arenado would probably commit crimes right now to get his OPS to 661 where Tyler O'Neill's is. So it's all relative, baby. It's all relative. Uh, and Asher, right on cue, says bench Arenado. I can't explain it, man. They've given him some days off. It looks like he's halfway swinging. You know, he is lost right now. He's going to find it. He's Nolan Arenado. That's my belief is that he's going to find it. Uh, you could move him down in the order. I don't think that's crazy. Um, but again, who in this offense do you want to move up in the order? It's hard to make that swap when you don't, when, when you've got guys that are trying to get comfortable where they're batting, and then you go, "Hey, we're going to move you up to cleanup now." Uh, you go cleanup. I haven't been, I haven't been doing anything. But maybe that's the, the like the boost of confidence that a guy like Tyler O'Neill needs. Like, hey, say Tyler, we know what it looks like, dude. We're going to batch you cleanup. Like, show us something. Show us something. I don't think that's crazy. If O'Neill's in the lineup on Tuesday, I bat him. I bat him in a prime spot in the lineup, man. Bat him lead off. I don't care. Dude, there are literally no wrong answers right now when it comes to lineup construction. Anything goes. I would move Nolan Gorman out of the three-hole. That's the one thing that I would say. Um, it, you know, it, I, 0 for 4 again today. It seems like right when they moved him up, he started struggling. He's he's And, and Kyle Reese uh, talks all about the prospects. He knows his stuff. I saw him today mentioning that, like, listen, Gorman has done this throughout his career. In the minors, he's, he's been a guy that's streaky. That's just part of his game. He's going to find it back. But I also don't think that you need to continue heaping onto his plate what they've done. I liked it at first, the Gorman batting third thing. I think that's kind of run its course. You can move him back down. Um, like I said, you got to move somebody up. Move up Contreras. That's fine. Bat Contreras in the first inning. You could bat him one, two, or three. Uh, not lead off. He says he doesn't want that. Um, said he did it with the Cubs for a while and was not a fan of it. Bat Contreras third then. That's fine. Uh, it looked like he was putting the bat to the ball today, two for four. It's nothing flashy, but... Uh, you know, you take it. Burleson, honestly, Bur in a slump right now like the Cardinals are in, I don't hate Burleson batting uh, against right-handed pitching either. Um, and again, that would be kind of the other side of that Tyler O'Neill platoon. Wouldn't mind it at all. And I think you bat him. I think you move him back ahead of Goldschmidt if you do. I'm okay with that too. Um, Goldschmidt's going to continue to be somebody that bats up in the lineup. Uh, he goes one for four today. Uh, he's He's been fine. It's not been overwhelmingly impressive. But he's been fine. Uh, Donovan was looking good today. I might, I might shift Brendan Donovan back up. Like if you're, I'm, I'm just throwing out ideas, right? Brendan Donovan goes two for four today. He had that line drive off the bench last night that would have scored a run if not for uh, just perfectly played defense up the middle against him. Uh, I don't know what the exit velocity was on that liner, but it was a, it looked good off the bat to me until they changed the camera angle and you go, ah, damn, he caught, he caught that ball. He was positioned right there for him. So, like, Donovan, maybe reinstill some confidence in him, move him back up. I, Dil, everyday Dylan is still a thing. Hashtag Everyday Dylan. I'm playing Dylan Carlson every day. No ifs, ands, buts. You don't even need to tell me who the opposing starting pitcher is. I don't care. Listen, and, and the Cardinals need to do this, too. And it, I feel like they've been caught in between. And people say, and, and y'all were on this before I was, about the lineups changing every day and how maybe that's not working out for, like, the, the personalities behind the, the players. And I thought at first, like, well, that's what the good teams do. The good teams gain flexibility by maximizing platoons. And, and like, look at what the Dodgers have done. Look at the Tampa Bay Rays. Like, th those teams are experts at that type of baseball, that modern type of baseball. And the Cardinals coming into this year, by all accounts, wanted to be more like those teams. Turner Ward is a hitting coach, leans more into that kind of stuff. Dusty Blake is a pitching coach, leans more into the modern game. Right now, it's not working. The coaches, the players, none of it. The manager, it's all bad right now, the way everybody is performing. Uh, and you might say, well, it's not the coach's fault. Well, they're they're employed to do something, so they got to help figure this out. That's what their job is to try and fix it. 
And you all the way around, they've got to try to be working to fix it right now. And they know that. But I'm just saying there's no, it's not like there could be a wrong answer to uh, the, the switches that need to be made. But at the same time, can it be more of a human element, a mental aspect for these players? Like, I don't know where I'm going to be the next day. I don't know if I'm going to be in the lineup, if I'm not going to be, where I'm going to be batting, those sorts of things. Can that be a mental drain for players? And I've said all along, it can be if those expectations are not communicated effectively of like, here's how we plan to to go about this. I believe that Ali Marmel would be communicating that effectively. So I don't think that's what's happening, but I can't take for granted what the results are, right? Like I think in my head, I know the way they, they have gone about this in the past. I wasn't on the road trip, so I can't tell you what's happened, right? I don't, and even if I was covering all these games, it doesn't mean I would have that level of insight to see into the clubhouse when nobody's around to see what those private conversations look like. But the communication, Ollie has always been somebody upfront about communication being the most important thing. And I, I would say that continues. I assume it's been happening, but it continues to the next level to make sure you're getting the most out of the guys because if they don't know what the expectations are or they do and they're just not performing to them, whatever the case might be, that's where you got to step in and really try to try to shake things up. And sometimes roster moves may be the way to do that. This feels like the kind of homestand Tuesday that you're looking at a press release at about 3 o'clock or about 2 o'clock whenever it comes, and there's a lot of names on it moving up and down. Shake it up. Get some different energy in there. It's no knock on the individuals that are going. Something has got to give, though, at this point. I think we all see that. Andrew says, are the cards in a rebuild? Weirdly, I feel better if they were. Yeah, they're not, though. That's the problem. They were supposed to be really good this year, Uh, you know, the favorite team to win the division in most people's minds, and they're in last. So there you go. Asher, as I mentioned, won a marble fired. I don't see it happening right now. Uh, Andrew wants the same thing. Steven Matt's gone. Arenado out of the four spot. I agree with that about Arenado. I think you can move him down. I think there's no harm in that. Uh, Asher also wants to call Yepes, which I think is right. Uh, we've got uh, Brickton Burke, first time live viewing, didn't get to watch much of the game today. Box score shows uh, the walls were the killer today. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, Hey, if you miss the game, it's not the end of the world. It, it went like all the other ones have. So you didn't miss a lot. Uh, Trevor thinks the team is about to change a lot. And I kind of agree with that. And Hey, for, for the people still here, please subscribe real quick, subscribe to the YouTube and give me a like on the stream. Let's get those likes up. You guys are doing great. Um, but would really appreciate that as I go through these comments. Drew says, Arnold is one of your favorite players ever, but the team is struggling with him hitting like he is in the fourth spot in the lineup. I don't know how you move him out of it, but the faster he gets right, the better. The faster he gets right, the better. I've said all along, the Cardinals are not going to get anywhere this year without Nolan Arenado being a part of that and contributing the way that he's capable. It just, it's not going to happen. He was your, one of your best players last year, right? It was a 1A, 1B situation with Paul Goldschmidt. Technically, Goldschmidt was the 1A. I mean, that's what the, the, the voters decided with the MVP, right? So it's a 1A, 1B, but you... You cannot have the Cardinals as they're currently constructed and you've got a 1A and then a a D, a D minus. Like, Arenado is is perform. I mean, I'll look at his numbers. He was one for four today. It was nice to see him get on the board with a base hit. Um, but the, the OPS is literally 600, right at 600. Like, that's that's approaching kind of the territory where we saw guys like Matt Carpenter when he was struggling. And you remember how y'all felt about Matt Carpenter. So I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like for Arenado, it's been rough and he knows it. And that's what's so frustrating because of the 
the level of play that he's capable of, and nobody knows what to do about it. It's like he's he's Nolan Arenado. This has never, I won't say it's never happened. I didn't follow his career in Colorado, you know, week in, week out, but I don't know if he's ever had a month like this. He probably has, but when it happens in June or July, it's noticeable, but the numbers don't reflect it, right? It's still, well, his OPS is still 780. It's still, you know, you kind of get by. But the fact that he's doing it to begin the year is rough. Asher would make the case that Walker can play third. We don't need Arenado's at bats right now. I would disagree with that. Uh, Walker has transitioned to an outfield. I don't know if he's taking ground balls at third base in eight months. Like, he's he's an outfielder now. Uh, and his defense was not elite at third base anyway. Arenado's is. And so defensively, you still need him out there. Uh, Caleb says that a message needs to be sent, whether that means someone is sent down or traded, something needs to happen. Yeah, Caleb, I agree with you. And because it's May, it's it's April 30th, going to be May tomorrow, um, I think roster moves are the way. Call-ups, call-downs, demotions, DFAs. Modder is the likely DFA. I don't know that anybody else you know, fits the billing on that right now. Moves, though. I, I think the Cardinals should see three or four new guys into the roster over the next couple of days. And uh, a few guys head down to Memphis. And it's not like those guys are the reason, like I've said, but you just have to do something. And if you're not changing the coaches, which I, it would be hard to do. They just hired them all. <laughs> like, that would be difficult. It's a tough sell. Uh, if you're not doing that, you gotta you got to make roster moves. It's all that's left. It's the only it's the only cards in the deck that John Mozeliak has to play right now, and he should play them. He should play them. Um, like, the notion of, well, just maybe coming home is going to fix it. I don't think that that's a good bet that they should make. I think they should make moves. Uh, Daddy Padre wants him to can Ollie to shake up the vibe. Clear as day how important Albert and Yachty were to that room last year. Uh, Baruby isn't the best coach, but he's a great motiv- motivator. Baruby's team sucked this year too, right? And I don't think it's because he's a bad coach. You think you think the Blues should fire Baruby? I don't think they should. I think that Doug Armstrong knows they need to fix the roster they signed two guys to extensions that have not performed expectations. Padre, you know hockey better than me, but that's, I mean, that's the reality of it. I would make the comparison to say that I don't think that a bad month of baseball means the Cardinals should fire a manager that a month ago I would have told you, if you'd asked me when's Ollie Marmel done as the Cardinals manager, I would have said, I don't know. Like, my my kid is eight months old. He might be in college at that point. Like, I really thought that that was going to be the type of run Ollie Marmel was about to embark upon. Now I can't say that honestly, but I also don't think it means that he's getting fired after a month. So we'll see, man. And my kid doesn't have to go to college if he doesn't want to, guys. Why would you say that? Bad joke. All right. Uh, Bring in Joe Madden. That is not what this team needs. That is not what this team needs. I don't really even have a way to expand upon that. I I just don't think that's what it needs. Give me a like on the the stream and subscribe on YouTube, guys, if you're just joining – uh, we do these pretty frequently, and when we don't, we're putting up videos anyway, even when they're not live. This channel has videos, uh, you know, five, six times a week, and uh, in, in more than that, honestly. Mike, two and eight road trip, something needs to be done with this team. Yeah, Mike, I'm with you on that. Uh, Asher wants to call up Win Yepes, Walker, and Libertor. I think Yepes should come up. I think Libertor should come up, um, especially if they're ready to commit to Mats to the bullpen. That would be the time when Libertor should come up. Um, Win, I don't think think so just because I don't know what middle infielder that plays you're gonna you're gonna replace him with like DeYoung they're gonna give a little bit of run to so I don't really think that you're going to bring up Mason Wynn because the reason they didn't in the first place out of spring he had a great spring um 
had struggled a little bit out of the gate at Memphis. I don't know exactly his updated numbers, but I know he's hit some homers recently and is coming on a little stronger. Plays great defense. We know that. Made a great play. Uh, a throw that he got a guy at the plate the other night from shallow left field. Uh, dude's got a fantastic arm. Maybe the best shortstop arm in baseball, and he's not even in the big leagues yet. Uh, but when you're not going to call him up until you're ready to play him every day. And Tommy Edmonds grinding along. Brennan Donovan's playing in the middle infield. Gorman's going to continue to play against righties uh, as, a, as a DH, but another guy who can play middle infield. So they just don't, and, and DeYoung as well as a factor. So when it's not time yet, the, the time may come where he forces the issue with his play, and that's when a decision will need to be made of, like, do we cut bait on somebody or trade somebody from the big league team? Um, or if an injury happens, that would maybe open the door for Mason Wynn. Uh, Snips says that, uh, breaking news, the Cardinals are in talks to hire Brendan Schaefer as their next manager uh, per source. I don't know who's got the source on that, but it is not true. And it would be a bad move. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm good at talking about it with y'all on here, but let's be honest, there are aspects of a manager's job that we, we don't get to see and we don't get to know, and there's a lot of pressure on that position. I'm not asking for the job, um, nor should they give it to me, and they won't, so we're good there. Uh, Childish says when it's good, it's fun. When it's bad, it's funny. I feel like the division is out of the question now. Lineup moves will have to be made with serious deals made at the deadline. Um, there could be some shakeup kind of moves at the deadline. The problem is Moselec has never been good at those types of moves. Like, I almost think he needs to get a little ornery toward the end of his career and just go, you know what? Let's shake it up. Bill DeWitt, you trust me to shake things up here at the deadline. We're going to get a little aggressive. Get a little A.J. Preller in you. Get a little Jerry Depoto in you because they may need that when it comes to the deadline of the Cardinals do have assets, right? They've got guys that you could see as long-term fixtures here, but you could also go, man, that might be valuable to another team. And I wouldn't look to trade anybody specifically just to do it. you got to make sure you're getting value and getting players that you think can help build a winning culture and a winning roster. But, like, there are the Tommy Edmonds and the Donovans and the Gormans and the Tyler O'Neills and the Carlsons. Like, there's a lot of really quality players. Some of them aren't playing up to expectations right now. What do you think you could get for different guys? Mo has not been a guy that that's been a strength of his during the season to to do those on the fly deals that I'm talking major league for major league talent like trading for Jose Quintana is different that helped the team right but that was we're trading a young guy that we don't have a spot for for a win now move I'm talking about trading a guy that's under team control for a while for somebody else's guy that's under team control for a while just because you need to shake things up those moves aren't always the ones that happen. Like, and when they do, you can go back to, okay, Alan Craig for John Lackey. And, and that, that was just part of a package when they got John Lackey in that season. But that was a deal where Alan Craig, they were like, we think he might be busted. The injury, he's never recovered from it. We have to cut bait on this contract. Like, there's always an extenuating circumstance. It's a scary thing to trade a cost-controlled player that you think can be part of your future. But the problem is when you don't do it when the iron is hot, like if somebody has a, a hot streak, and I know you're going to say, well, what about DeYoung? I've been saying... Hopefully, DeYoung heats up, and then they can trade him. It doesn't really work that way in April, and, and DeYoung's on an expiring deal now. But I'm talking about other players that, like, uh, give me one second. Sorry about that. Like a year ago at this time, try to think back before Dylan Carlson kind of had his slide last year. And then at the deadline, people still thought he could be a centerpiece for Juan Soto when the Cardinals said, you know, not a centerpiece, but he could be a part of a Juan Soto deal with a walker and a win and a, a you know a pitching prospect that didn't exist. Cardinals didn't have a McKenzie Gore to trade for Soto. That's why it didn't happen. Um, and they didn't want to give up all the other pieces they would have had, Gorman, et cetera. But at the time, yeah, Carlson's 
star had been burning a little brighter, right? Dylan Carlson, in the eyes of the league, a year ago probably has more value then than he does today. It's not to say that the Cardinals should have traded Carlson then. Time will tell, right? Obviously, we'll know based on the way different guys' careers play out. But I think it's one of those deals where the Cardinals have not always maximized value and traded guys when it's scary. Another example would be Alex Reyes, right? Injury-prone, has all these injuries, has a great season and becomes an all-star closer for you. But that was kind of like Cardinals were teetering on the edge of contention that summer. At the deadline, he would have probably fetched a pretty penny. Cardinals don't operate that way. They don't look at it and say, hey, we're going to try to do two things at once and maybe sell a player at the deadline because there's value, um, but he's our all-star closer. If we're going to try to win a World Series this year, how's that going to look? But like in retrospect, it would have been the the savvy decision at the time. Those are hard moves to make, so I'm not saying that, you know, oh, John Moselec stinks. No, I just think it's like that's not the way the Cardinals operate. They don't. They don't try to bite off more than they can chew by by saying we're you know think about it this way the Brewers did the exact thing last year they did the exact thing and they bit off more than they could chew on Josh Hader they thought we can do we can do this on the fly and it's going to be fine because of the talent we're getting back guess what they neglected to think about the clubhouse culture and they took a nosedive right after the deadline I'm not going to say it was solely because of the Josh Hader deal but think about the implications on a clubhouse when you do something like that so. I can talk out of both sides of my mouth on this because I think it's a case where, yes, the Cardinals haven't been adept at maneuvering those in-season markets, but at the same time, for teams in contention, it can be tricky. If somebody is considered a staple of the clubhouse, you go and move him, and you kind of go, okay, how does that impact things? And I say John Moselak doesn't do this well. There is a prominent example of him doing exactly what I'm describing. Colby Rasmus, 2011. It was exactly what the Cardinals needed at the time, and it worked out like a charm. Doesn't matter what his career ended up being. It doesn't matter who, you know, stayed from that 11 team. It mattered that they they got the guys that they needed at the time to play a role, and they won a World Series. Flags fly forever. There's no questions asked. It was a, it was a perfect trade at the perfect time. But that's, you know, 12 years ago. So those types of moves, I think they could be valuable, but you're not in a position right now to even be thinking about that because you're 10 and 19. I put the poll up yesterday, and it was kind of a sobering poll to post because I knew the results were going to be rough, but I asked, do you think the Cardinals will finish above 500 this year? Yes or no? And I believe the no's have it. I think more than 50% said no. It was pretty close, like a 55-45 sort of split there. But I looked at that and thought, man, that's people are really low on this team. But if you look at the standings, you go, they've got to win 10 in a row to get above 500 right now. So it's going to be tough to be able to, to pick that up and you keep getting swept in series, this season could be over before June. It, I, I know Mike Claiborne, the, the, the thing has always been flag day, that he is, you know, wait till flag day until you see what a team is, and he's right in most cases. But I think that's like mid-June. Cardinals might not make it to mid-June the way they're playing. Do I think they will? I do. But I don't think they'll continue playing the way they're playing. That's the distinction there. A lot of Cardinals fans might feel differently because I've been saying it's early, it's early, and now I'm saying it's May tomorrow. You're not hearing me say it's early. I'm going to tell you, it's May. That should be kind of the first alert to know, all right, we're changing the guard here a little bit. we got to pay attention to that. It's not early the way that it was early two weeks ago. That's a fact. And the Cardinals have played much worse over the last two weeks than they did over the previous two. That's also a fact. You can't go ten and uh, 2 and 10 after the start they had and not feel the ramifications of that. My goodness, the more I talk about it, they need moves and they need them now. Roster moves, though. I'm not firing anybody, but I'm I'm making I'm 
sitting down with a notepad if I'm John Mozeliak and I'm going, five guys are coming up, five guys are going down. I'm going to figure this out. Even if I don't have obvious answers, it you make moves just to make them now. You do. The adage is you don't make moves just to make moves. Throw the adage in the trash. Right now, you have to do anything that you can to shake it up. You do have to be desperate. You do have to be reactionary. You do have to panic. It's time. It's time to do something different because the Cardinals cannot take another week or two of this because if they do, they will get too far behind. I've only seen them win 17 in a row one time. So I don't know. I think they've used that for this century. I don't know if it's happening again. They've they've pulled that card out and it worked. I don't think it's coming back to have 17 in a row. You could have 11 out of 14. They could do that. But I think realistically, you do need to act like it's it's in dire straits right now. You cannot act like, oh, it's early. They did that for a month, and that was fine. I don't think that doing anything rash before now was, was necessarily uh, the way they should have gone about it. But now it's time. It's time to make some moves. You cannot pretend it's just going to happen on its own. I think the, there's talent in the, in the clubhouse. There's a lot of talent here, and I, I do still think they turned it around. If I were to vote in that poll, yeah, they're going to finish above 500. That would be my prediction. But that doesn't get you in the playoffs either. You probably got to get to 88 or 90 to get to the playoffs, and that's going to be a lot harder than getting to 83, 82. So, yeah, it's almost hard to overstate how bad 10 and 19 is. It's terrible. Like, look at the standings. The Rockies are 9 and 20. They're a terrible team. You wouldn't know it because the Cardinals went out there and the Rockies held their own. But that's the worst record in the National League right now. The Nationals, the Washington Nationals, they have a better win percentage than the Cardinals this season. Now they've played two fewer games, so that's not fair. But they're 10 and 17. The Cardinals are 10 and 19. Look at the AL East. Nobody in the AL East is below 500. The Central is a nightmare. The White Sox are 8 and 21. The Royals, there you go, Royals taking up the basement of the Missouri baseball teams. You you got it, Royals. They're 7-22. The Athletics are 6-23, and 23, and I would say they should be eradicated off the face, the face of the earth, but they're just leaving Oakland. So, um, you know, and that's not fair to Oakland fans. They didn't do nothing wrong, but that's a team losing on purpose. I've seen it before. I've seen it up close. It's called the St. Louis Rams, and I saw it. They did it on purpose so they could move. Ladies and gentlemen, your Oakland Athletics. Anyway. The Cardinals are down in the dumps with those teams, is my point. Uh, Asher, they already eliminated from the playoffs. Well, no. Mathematically, they're not eliminated. Uh, the last three managers hired by the Cardinals had no MLB experience prior to their hire. That's from Billy. Why are the Cardinals hiring managers that have to learn on the job? It's kind of been the trend in MLB, though, right? You've seen a lot of former players. Like, for a while, it was the the former catcher. Like, Matheny was only one of them. Brad Osmus. There were several kind of that ilk of players that were hired as managers without experience. And then, you know, it kind of shifted to the uh, the Snitkers of Atlanta, and that was kind of the Mike Schilt fit of, like, the organizational lifer, right? Uh, that's kind of the way that's gone. And now you're still seeing those kinds of people hired potentially, but, like, Ali Marmel is the younger flair to that, right? He's, he was a former player that didn't couldn't hack it at the big league level, knew it early on, but he was he was a smart baseball guy, went into coaching early, and so he's another one of those organizational lifer kind of guys. Um, but, the, I mean, it's hard to figure out the trends of managerial hires. Like, the Marlins just hired Skip Schumacher. He didn't have any prior MLB managing experience. I think he's going to make a great manager over the course of time. Marlins are, they they got a little juice. 
I'd have to check the standings to know exactly where they are, but I've, I, you know, I'm watching MLB every night. Yeah, they're above 500. They've got some good pitching. They've got some exciting young talent on the hitting side. Luis Arias is maybe, I'm going to say like the most underrated player in the game, but only because I don't think people have been on him the way they should be. He is the, he's one of the best hitters in baseball and he doesn't hit for power. And so it's like, you're not going to notice him in the way that you notice the guys hitting monster bombs. But that was a great trade by the Marlins. I get it. Like, Pablo Lopez is doing well for Minnesota. But Luis Arias, dude, that every single team in baseball should be like, man, that guy was available and we didn't trade for him. That's an L on our part. He's hitting like 400. He's not slugging a ton. He's got like one home run, but he's still OPSing over 1,000. He's And he's a really good defender, too. I've been watching some of their games, and he makes good plays at second. Uh, he's a great player. My point with that is Skip Schumacher was another example, and I think he's a good manager. I think Ollie Marmol is, is is a good manager, um, but he's Ollie Marmol's got to he's got to shake it up. He's got to do something different. He said, "I you know, I, I do what I do because it's the way I've done it." Um, talking in his office a few weeks ago about the O'Neill thing, and uh, he was reminded by a reporter about the way Harrison Bader was treated last year. He pulled Harrison Bader from a game for not hustling mid game. And so the question was, did that experience and the positive reaction you got from Harrison Bader, did that lead you into kind of being emboldened to do it again with a guy like O'Neill, like you did this year? And all he said, it wasn't that. It wasn't because that worked out well. It's just because that's the way I operate, and I wouldn't have done it any differently. So he's he's a guy that sticks to his guns. And I think that's a positive trait in a manager, but he's also got to read the room right now to recognize that, like, this room needs a different vibe of whatever. And that's not to say that over the last six days or four days or seven days that there wasn't a moment where he said, okay, I, I'm going to do it this way now. I'm going to change something a little bit. Those things could have been happening, and it didn't lead to results right away. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. I'm just saying I don't think Ollie should be fired, but at the same time, there has to be things that he can do differently to try and set the mood differently, change the tone, change the tenor of this roster in this clubhouse right now. Uh, enjoy, uh, empty seats at Bush this summer. Yeah, there will be a lot of them. There will be a lot of them. But you know what? There have already been a lot of them, and that's every year. So, uh, Connor, uh, and I say that's every year because, I mean, it just has been. that That's professional sports. I don't think it's a Cardinals thing specifically. Um, the weekend nights, you're going to have a full ballpark. Last year, the Albert and Yachty stuff helped. Um, but otherwise, you look in the upper decks, there's going to be empty seats. You know, even on the nice nights, it's just the way it goes nowadays. Uh, and Connor says, rest in peace, Mike. Yeah, Mike Shannon, man. We are going to miss him. Uh, and then Andrew trying to boycott. I don't know. We'll see. I don't think people are going to do it. <laughs> they might not take the extra time out of their nights or their weeks or their weekends to go to games, but I, I think people are still going to pay attention to this team and wait for the turnaround. And they should, by the way. Like, what are you doing? Boycotting bad baseball? Yeah, they suck right now but I don't think the players are all bad players. I don't think they're trying to lose. I think they're trying to win. And when they turn it around, if they turn it around, I think you'll wish you'd stuck around for it. And it's not to say that you should just listen to Mo who says, be patient, be patient with us and don't get upset. Like, no, get mad, like be frustrated. That's well within your right. Uh, But you know, I wouldn't give up on just watching unless you want to, if it's bad for your mental health to watch this bad baseball, then by all means go play disc golf, go do, I mean, disc golf is a blast. Go, Go do something else with your time. Take up a hobby. It's totally within your rights. But I think a lot of people look at it and go, yeah, I don't know. I like this baseball thing. I'm going to stick with it. And we'll see if they can they can do that and get better this season. Um, Let's see. Let's see. 
I would just say Arenado has stunk. That's Daddy Padre. And Wilson's just been okay. He's hit what Yachty would hit in two months in one month, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, y- Yachty was really bad last year offensively, so Wilson's been an upgrade from that. Defensively, we're seeing a, di- a few different things that, you know, maybe want to tighten up, but he's been fine. I don't think it's been overwhelming in any direction. Connor, I hear what you're saying about needing a shakeup, but I don't see a minor moves fixing this team. Yeah, but a minor move is better than no move. And I don't say make it minor. Make it noticeable. Make that clubhouse feel like they all need to be wearing name tags on Tuesday. That's how many different names and faces are in there. Four or five guys, I would I would be that drastic about it. I really would be. Um, Shannon taught me the most I know about baseball in my life. Listened so much as a kid. Legend. Trevor is perfectly correct about that. Um, and Cor- uh, Connor back with it. I'm not pretending that major moves are going to be made. I just don't see what you can do besides that they need to play better. And they do. And I that's what I said a couple of weeks ago. Well, they just need to play better. But two more weeks went by, and they didn't play better, so now you do things. You shake it up. You you throw stuff against the wall uh, roster-wise. Don't do anything that's going to cost you long-term. Like, you're not going to DFA a, a player that you have belief in and is going to turn it around. Um, but the, the minor moves, the Memphis shuttle, it should be active. It should be active this week. Frequent flyer miles. Let's get them going. Double dabble. I think the Cardinals hired rookie managers because Mosaic wanted to be the one in charge. I will say this, like the dynamic between Mosaic and LaRusso was a different one than the dynamic between Mosaic and managers that don't have experience, right? And then you can point to the the uh, the, the Mike Matheny. He got kind of stubborn in, in certain ways and maybe ways that Mo didn't expect. Uh, Mike Schilt, philosophical differences were cited for the reason that he was fired. Um, and you thought Ollie was going to be a guy that Mo and Ollie would be on the same page. You're not one person, though. You're not two people in one body. Like, you're going to have disagreements no matter what it is. That's just work stuff, right? Have you ever had your boss and you didn't like the way they did something? I'm sure that's the case for most of us. It doesn't mean that the relationship isn't good. But I will say, like, Mosaic has definitely kind of wanted to implement certain certain things. And if you have an organizational philosophy, that's not a Mo thing. That's a full organization thing, even though Mo is the head of the organization. And the guy that's running the team on the field doesn't see eye to eye on those things. Yeah, you're. I understand that that's why they wanted to go a different direction. Now, at the time, we said, hey, this is a big decision by the organization. Surprised a lot of people. It puts the onus on the front office. It puts the onus on Mosaic to say, you better be right about this decision. To, to get rid of a successful manager, you better be right about it. The Cardinals wanted to really maybe integrate a little bit more into the very modernized style of baseball. And they thought Ali Marmel was the guy to do that. But right now, they're not blending those things very effectively. They're not blending the, we want to modernize, but also are we handling everything that we need to be handling to have success so that the players are are able to execute to their highest levels. And it's not to say I have like a specific negative word to say about the things going on behind the scenes. I don't. I don't know. But I do know that they're not winning games. And so the production and the execution of the mantra and of the mindset is what matters. And they're not getting it right now. So that does matter. Janelle says somebody broke Arenado. That's it. That's my take. I, whoever broke him, it you know, whoever stole his powers, the Monstars, I don't know who it was, whoever it was, give him back. It's rude. It's unnecessary. It's not nice. But yeah, I I mean, I don't have an explanation for it. I really don't. Um, other than to say, I think Cardinals fans have got to hope that he gets it back soon. Chris wants to see Juan Yepes in the big league lineup for starters. Lots of other things need to happen to make this uh, this team any good. Yeah, I'd call up Yepes and I'd start him on Tuesday. Uh, you can DH him. You could give Gorman a day. You could start Donovan at second. 
I don't know who's pitching off the top of my head. You could play uh, you could play Donovan in the outfield if you had to. Like there are things that you could do, and I would do him, but I would make sure Yepes gets gets on this team. I'd bat him third. Like I just put him right in there and go, hey, can we can we get something from somebody? Why you might as well. There's like I said, no wrong answers. Drew said at least one boneheaded play a game too. Yeah, it's been that's been a little rough. There have been those kinds of plays, man. There have. Woodford, DFA Motter, Matt's to the pin, one of the outfielders down, Libby, Wayno, Walker, and Yepes up. I think all those things could happen, Padre, except for I don't know that you can send an outfielder down. Um, you're not going to send down Bertelson. I think he's done enough uh, to, to hang. Yeah, you could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I just don't think they're going to do that. Um, Newt Barr, not sending him down. I don't know if you even could send O'Neill down, uh, and, and I don't know that it makes sense to do so, and not sending down Carlson. So I agree with everything except for don't send down an outfielder and Walker would be the one that doesn't come up as a result because I just don't think um, they were going to do this unless they were going to give him a few weeks at least to kind of work things out down there and then play when he comes back. Double dabble, why don't they try some small ball? Man on, bunt him over, start the runner. Looks like we're sitting back waiting for extra base hits every batter. I agree with parts of that. Don't bunt because it's not a good strategy. Um, and, And you also have to ask, are these players capable of effectively bunting? I don't know that who the, who the good bunters are in the room. Um, but I get the, I get the sentiment. Absolutely start the runner, though. Hit and run, those kinds of things. Now, you have to have guys that are trying to execute and steal that base if it's a swing and a miss. But, yeah, I would try some things. I've been saying that for a number of days. The bullpen's been taxed way more than most, so, of course, you'll see cracks when you rely on them so heavily. Drew, you nailed it. And I've been saying you're not going to uh, get through this season without seeing the ramifications of the early usage by the bullpen because the starters haven't gone deep. Today is another example of that. And you might say, well, Woodford only gave up three runs. In the last Steven Matz start, you might say, well, he only gave up two runs. Four innings by uh, by Matz, three and two-thirds innings by Woodford today. Unacceptable. You need five-plus out of your starter every single time. No ifs, ands, buts. This team has not gotten enough from their starters to be able to afford one or two of those a week. So if those are the guys that are doing it, get them out. To the bullpen, to Memphis. Change it out. The car, they can't. They can't. You have to react differently than you would have reacted on April 1st because now it's May 1st and you're in last place. You have to treat it differently. You don't have the element of time that you think you do. Baseball's a long season. It's you know, five more months. I get it. The Cardinals could win 20 games in a row and then it would be fixed. But how likely is that? I don't think it's very likely. So treat it as though you're going to have to to grind out wins each week. You got to go four and three, or four and two, or three and three each week to to start climbing this ladder, and then run into the sweeps. Take them when you get them, but we're not talking about the kinds of sweeps that the Cardinals, you know, commit. We're talking about the kind that are done to them right now. That's where the Cardinals are. So you got to be realistic. It takes a long time to come back. Five months feels like a long time, but they're going to need every bit of it with the way things have started. Uh, Cade says, young guys, win Walker, Libby, and Yepes. Uh, I, again, yeah, Libby should be in the rotation pretty soon. Matt's gets one more shot to me, and after that, don't worry about whether it's on his turn. Just bring him up, and he'll be here for the next turn. If he gets extra rest, so what? Win can't yet because I just don't know. I don't know. You, you got to play him if you call him up, and they have too many guys in the middle infield right now. Um there may come a point where you have to make a decision on some of them. DeYoung is the guy with the big circle around him. If he doesn't perform, he would be an obvious guy that you could you could cut loose just because of the contract situation. Um, but 
Other than that, I, I just don't think there's enough there to get win in and playing all the time. And again, Walker can't come back up yet. But I agree about Yepes. Trevor says Ollie should not be fired. Um, he's a good manager. And like, that's how I feel. But I can understand how Cardinals fans don't feel that way right now with what they're seeing. Uh, Luke and Baker and Libertor up. And Double Dabble asks, what's the word on Luke and Baker? Lots of power, but can he control the Ks? No, he probably can't. Um, but he is seeing the the strides made forward on the power. And it's it's showing up more consistently. And I've said, like, Luke and Baker is coming up on being kind of a Rule 5 guy where you're going to have to decide on the end of the year if you're going to put him on the 40-man or not. Luke and Baker should be on this team at some point in the summer. But knock on wood, the Cardinals have been pretty healthy through the month of April, which I don't know if if that excites you or concerns you because they're playing so bad and they haven't had a lot of injuries position player wise. They have remained very healthy, like knock on wood. I don't want to see anybody get hurt, but typically what you see is a rash of injuries and you go, well, we got to bring somebody up. Well, let's give Luke and Baker his shot now because it's going to be time uh, to, to, to make it or break it on him. And then you'll be able to decide and know um, whether or not he's somebody you want to protect on the 40 man. That's kind of the way I see Luke and Baker this summer, but it, it, you do maybe need injuries to happen first, and nobody wants to see that. So uh, in time, it'll probably happen because it'll it, it, you'll be forced to do it. <laughs> Rob says, I have a novel idea. Bring Jordan Walker back. Uh, yeah, like I wouldn't wait long to do it on Jordan Walker, but the thing is when they do it, they better commit to playing him every day. And I don't think they would have sent him back down if they were within 10 days of committing to doing that with him. So I think it's going to be a minute. Um Hope I'm wrong because I think he should be on the team. Other people have disagreed with that and said he needs more seasoning, needs more seasoning defensively. I never would have sent him down. I would have played him every single day in right field over the last week. And guess what? They lost every game. So what's it matter? They would have they would have gotten to have him some experience and it wouldn't have cost him a damn thing because they didn't win. Um, and Trevor likes the idea from Rob. And I believe me, I think he should be back. But uh, BW asked how long before Nolan lashes out at the front office. Yeah, I've seen this take about like, Arenado clearly is mad because he was told it was going to be one thing. They were going to spend. They were going to be good, and then it's another. Arenado is part of the reason they're struggling, so I don't really think he's got a leg to stand on, and I also don't feel like he feels that way. Uh, Mercado is tearing it up. Yeah, I mean, they could bring up Mercado. It's just it's tricky, man. They, they're they going to have to, and, and I get why people say make a trade because it's the one thing that makes the roster make more sense as a trade, but they didn't do it in the offseason when I thought they could have and should have. Is it because they didn't try to? I don't think it's because they didn't try to. And believe me, at winter warm-up, that's the question I tried to ask two or three different ways uh, to Mo of, like, what was the trade market? You said that, you know, free agency was this or that. Weren't you trying to trade away some of the excess here? And it, they couldn't find trades. He said, we worked on trades, couldn't find them. I think they need trades too. But I, that's why I say I don't expect them soon, especially in May. Uh, Trevor says, I love how people think Nolan was deceived. Like, no, none of us know what was said. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Like, the deception thing, the whole conspiracy theory, I think it's a little bit silly. But at the same time, he is the reason, a reason, that they're struggling because he's supposed to be their best player, and right now he's hitting, like, one of their lesser players. So, again, I don't – it's not it's not a thing for me right now. The 40-man limits what they can do considering he was trending up from Memphis. It does and it doesn't. Like, I could – I said this at the beginning of the year, and I say it kind of with a little bit of consternation. Every time somebody brings up the 40-man, I'm like, I'll go right now and find you three guys that you could boot off of it. It's a mean thing to say, and I'm not going to name names because I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be calling people out. But my point is there's always kind of filler at the bottom where you could go, well, if you had to, could you do it? And the answer is usually going to be yes. And then two months later, you probably end up doing it anyway after holding on too long because you realize 
there's the point of no return and you've got to then. So that's always kind of my take. Uh, but you're right, Greg. Like, you're not going to just – you don't want to just dump guys just to dump them. But, again, if you had to, if if the season depended on it, I bet I could find some room for you. Um, any word on Nato being injured? Saw him hobbling the bases a few days ago. Yeah, we talked about that on here. I don't know that he is injured. It would make sense um, because he's not completing his swings the way you would like to see him just like full bore swinging. He's, he's like he's half swinging a lot of time. It's a little bit strange to watch with what we know he's capable of doing. But the part about hobbling the bases, I wouldn't read into that as an indicator. He's just slow. He is. He's one of the slowest players on the team. He runs weird. I don't think that's something to read into. Um, I could be wrong, though. Uh, Mark says that Matt should not make another start. I believe he's due Tuesday. So that they, they could decide to do something about that. But you just started Woodford. Um, you, you've got our uh, Libertor, but I don't think he's going to be quite ready yet because of you know the days not lining up. So I, I think he gets the start on Tuesday, but I could be wrong. Uh, Brett Cecil is another reliever that they paid, and that's why they don't pay relievers. Yep. Daniel, does any move happen tomorrow? I saw some thought that we could see five moves tomorrow. Uh, Daniel, yeah, man, that's what we've been talking about. I don't think you'll see them on. I don't think you'll see them on Monday because there's no there's no game. So like maybe you do. That's just like semantics though. Before Tuesday, yes, I think there should be moves. Five moves. I don't know if there will be five, uh, but there should there should be. Like yes, make them do it. Uh, Mozilla said on KMOX basically that this morning that Motter was back because he knows his role and wouldn't complain about it. I'm not going to react to that, Greg, not because I don't trust your info, but because I didn't hear it. And so I don't have the context. Um, but I would just say that like, that's, that's, that would be dumb. Like there's, who cares? His role is to not play. It doesn't, that wouldn't make sense, but I'm not going to go like crazy on that because I didn't get to hear it. And so there may be context that I missed. Andrew, uh, I mean, Arnado said that, Mosellex told him on the direction of the organization. He was lied to. No, he wasn't lied to. Arenado's OPSing 600. Did Arenado lie to the organization? He said he was going to play good. Like, no, he wasn't lied to. That's that's enough. I get I get it. There's frustration. But what did you think was going to happen between that conversation with Arenado and now? Like, they made some minor moves in the offseason. They signed Contreras. I don't know. We don't know what Arenado asked Mosellex. We don't know those things, guys. It's that's it's too much to react to that. For me, you're allowed to do it. I don't have to agree though. And then we're talking more about the conspiracy. Yeah. Arnado is part of the team's direction. You can't move in that direction if he's not playing well. Nolan knows it and so does the front office and staff. Rob is right on. He's got to be a central figure in what they're trying to do. If he's not, you're not going to have a winning record. They don't make the playoffs without Arnado being Arnado. It's it's it is that simple. You want to look at wins above replacement, like, okay, what was he last year? Six or seven, probably? Okay, take away six or seven wins from last year's team. Do they make the playoffs? I don't think so. I mean, they they may have, but now you've got a lot of other players that are struggling too. That's something that last year they were able to maybe overcome it. Um, yeah, you just can't you can't succeed without your best players doing their thing. Arnado needs to not hit 3-4. Just let him relax and get back into the groove, and I agree with that. And Rob says that he believes Arnado will turn around, but he is hitting abysmally right now. And that's it. That's what I think it is. It's the lineup spot. Um, it's not anything that's ever really had to happen in his career to be moved down. He's always been a premier hitter. But I think you move him down. I really do. I think you move him to, like, number six just again. And people will see that lineup and they'll go, oh, my gosh, it's never happened. But then they'll go, yeah, I, I get it right now. I get it right now. And I would, I would man, because you, you've got Goldschmidt around there. You've got Contreras around there. You've got some of your better hitters that when a rally is going, those should be the guys you want up because you've got your on-base guys at the top. 
It doesn't always work out that way day to day, but that's the idea. Those spots in the lineup matter, and I would I would move him down by Tuesday. I wouldn't wait another game to do it. John says mass to the bullpen, Libertor to the rotation, reliever to send down DFA, and I think all that's correct. DFA modder call up Yepes. I think all that's right. I just don't know if the Libertor thing happens yet because he can't pitch Tuesday and Matt's is the one who can. So uh, anyone know how this worked when they DFA'd Mata the first time? Did they have to pay out the full contract? They signed him to another. I don't think so. I don't know 100%, so I won't linger on that. Um, but it's like the contract is is a deal where I honestly, I honestly don't know. I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to misspeak. Uh, Mark, if you don't bring up a starter, is there a bullpen arm who's stretched out enough to start before Wayno gets back for Matt's like for Hagen? Probably not. You could do a bullpen game, but that kind of defeats the purpose, right? At that point, you might as well just let Matt's pitch one more time and then move him to the bullpen and make another move later in the week when Libertor is going to start for the next start. Like, you know, don't let Libertor pitch again in three days. But, yeah, I would say you might as well just have Matt's make that start. Maybe he pitches well. Otherwise, you're really putting your bullpen behind the, the eight ball a little bit. Joanne says, I know the Padres. Oh, crap. They did me dirty here on... Uh, on the Google machine. The Google? What are we on? YouTube. Completely lost my spot because they, uh, there we go. Joanne says, not always been depressing to watch. It just like bumps on me at times. I'm not going fast enough, I guess. Uh, only as good as the engine takes you. Arnott and Goldsmith are the engine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know the Padres have an all-star team, but they've moved Manny down to the five spot. Why not try it with Nato? Agreed. They should. Uh, 340, the last 15 games for Contreras. Yeah. Like I said, he's been fine. Edmund leadoff, which does happen against uh, lefties. It did yesterday. Carlson, number two. I like it. Goldie, three. Uh, I would move Arnado down. I get it, though. Um, Wilson's not going to. No, no, no. You don't need to move Wilson down to the six hole, uh, Rhino. He said Wilson, Burleson, O'Neill, Newt. And Newpark can be up at the top of the lineup, too. But it is something different. Like I said, there's no wrong answers. Mark wants me to make a trade with him in our fantasy league. I've got Bryce Harper. He's on the block. And uh, I'll tell you this, Mark, the minute I end this stream, I'm going back to to uh, to Mike to talk trade because he was in on it as well. Bryce Harper could be moving. He's coming back Tuesday, though. He was supposed to be gone to the All-Star break. It's a miracle. The Phillies will like that. Edmund, Contreras, two. Goldie, three. Walker or Gorman, four. Rob is thinking outside the box. Like I said, no wrong answers. <laughs> Where did Motter come from anyway? Why so much stock in this guy? Uh, he, was, he was a guy they invited to spring training. He did decently, and, and that was it. They're like, oh, you need a roster spot. I don't think you'll be on the roster on Tuesday. I think they got to make a move to somebody they can use and, and benefit from. Uh, Contreras got ran on all series. Going to be a theme this year. Michael, yeah, I hear you, man. But, like, that should be what's happening across baseball because of the larger bases and, and the limited disengagements from the mound. Can't check on the runner as often. The Cardinals should be taking advantage of this as well, and they just they really haven't. Um, I low-key think Kiz is better defensively than Wilson, says Asher. And I actually kind of agree. I think Kiz gets a bad uh, gets a bad rap, man. Um, now, offensively, he's struggled. Ollie seemed defeated in the postgame today. No, we'll be better BS. Yeah, it was a short postgame. I listened to it. And again, they probably the, the writers talked to him longer, but Bally with their camera up was like, all right, we're not airing any more of this. There's nothing to, he's not saying anything. Show, show something. I know the post games don't matter the way it does that he interacts with his players. That's more important, but do show something. The complacency to be good enough to make the playoffs finally bit him when they don't have the guy to show up and carry the team. It shows how meh 
this can really be. Mark, yeah, I hear you, man. I also feel like, though, their roster is, like, on paper, it's still good. The guys are all underperforming, though, across the board. Uh, the issue with STL making a good trade is that Mo is not good at that. He's only good at fleecing prime superstars from dumb owners. He is good at doing that, that second thing. Arnauto and Goldschmidt were good trades. Uh, Chris says, though, we're not going to be in a position to be buyers at the deadline or at the All-Star break, and I kind of agree with that, too. Don Mattingly, uh, I don't <laughs> – he's right. I think he is employed by by the Nashville expansion team, not to be their manager, but as, like, part of their business operations. Uh, Jason says, I give up. Hard to quantify a manager's competency. That's true. Nonetheless, as Marmol lost the clubhouse, something is profoundly wrong. I'm ready to turn the page on Marmol and Mosellock. I don't think he's lost the clubhouse, but I can't say for sure that he hasn't because this road trip was ugly and I haven't been in the clubhouse for it. So I hope that's not the case. Uh, you cannot secure a postseason spot before flag day, but you, you can sure lose one. Yeah, not a bad uh, motto there, Trevor. Uh, Mo wants patience, yet we've only won one postseason series since 2013. Yeah, yesterday, if you saw the stream, I said somebody put on there, haven't won since 2014. And I was like, yeah. I was like, wait a minute, that's not true. <laughs> they won. Uh, they went to the NLCS in 19. I was there. Goldie is 35. Nato is 32. A lot of younger players. Pitching isn't good enough for a deep playoff run. This is all according to Ethan. I don't think you blow it up. Might just be a lost year. Window is still open, theoretically. Yeah, it could be like a, a retool thing. That's what I thought maybe the Blues should do, but they might be a little bit more behind than the Cardinals in that. I'm not sure. Um, but it is true that like your stars aren't going to be your stars forever when it comes to Goldie and Arenado. But at the same time, like Nato's 32, he should have several years left in him. And the way Goldie is in shape and all that, he should he should be fine for another two, three years. Like the duration of his contract. I don't know if you sign him to some gaudy extension, but yeah. The pace is 55 and 107, says double dabble. Yeah, that's not good. And with a name like Skip, you got to be a good skipper. Yeah, that's fair too, Trevor. Uh, I'd like to see Ollie react to Luis Robert the other day. Ollie might have an actual stroke. Yeah, that was horrible. If you saw Luis Robert, he was dogging it, dogging it to first base for the White Sox, and they're terrible. So it's not just you, Cardinals fans. Other people have issues too. Uh, summer day games in STL are hot as hell. Dude, yeah, it's like over 100. They're terrible. you got to be in the shade for sure. Um, we've gotten a lot of comments. It's over an hour now. I do need to get this wrapped up. I'm going to scroll through, see if I can find a couple more to go. Um, Trevor, ask the Astros question again another day when we have more time. It's an interesting topic. Uh, they tanked was the, the the short answer, though. They tanked and it worked, and they they drafted really well. Uh, Ethan, the Cardinals are close to slipping into a different era of the team. The RSN issues, team doesn't want to spend to keep up, could turn into kind of a small market team like KC, Pittsburgh, or Cincy pretty easily. Yeah, for those who say sell the team to DeWitt, I would say look look at other market sizes that are similar to St. Louis and how their owners act. Could be risky to sell the team. I don't think anybody really wants that, even though they, they they might think they do. Cardinals have no closer either. They're a mess. Helsley's fine. Helsley's fine. Uh, for what it's worth, the Cardinals are 6th in OBP, 12th in OPS, but 21st in runs per game. Situational hitting feels like an issue again. And it, it has continued to feel like that, Rob, for sure, man. And I don't know that it's an easy thing to quantify because if you're a good hitting team, you should be a good hitting team but they do seem to kind of shrink in the moment. At least, I mean, we've got a month of data right now, so it is what it is. Um, and, and Trevor mentions that the four-hole hitter has been non-existent, so that is going to hurt your run production. That makes sense. And the Bruins lost. Did not see that coming at all. 
Uh, I thought they 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 were down two to one. They went up to three to two. Oh, Trevor, great call on Palante. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Palante is one of the guys that absolutely should be. I should walk into the clubhouse Tuesday and say, "What's up, Andre?" Like, there's absolutely no way he's not back on Tuesday. It's crazy that they sent him down in the first place. I get kind of why they did it at the time. He needs to be back yesterday. Absolutely. Um, I thought I I never thought I'd say be more like the Pirates, but in that regard, be more like the Pirates. It's why they're so good. They've got the clubhouse thing going on, and the stolen bases. Like they've been aggressive. It's a great point. You got to have the personnel to do it, but they've done it successfully. Um, shortening the lineup by batting Goldie second. Yeah, that's fair. But at the same time, like they're trying to get they're trying to get some runs any way they can get them. So I don't hate it. Um, that was something they tried. Joe says, bottom line, team needs to get better at good spending, cash and free agency. Wilson for another four years is looking bad. I'm not so sure we can evaluate that yet. But I did say at the time, like, Sean Murphy would have been my move. Trade for Sean Murphy, but that would have cost you a ton. The The athletics were being unreasonable, and then they gave him to the Braves for free. I don't know why, but they did. Uh, Stu's sorry for joining late, but he's here. And I'm sorry, Stu, that I am about to bounce. Um, STL has the personnel to steal bags, though. They're they're fast. Yeah, you've got guys that can do it. It needs to be part of the organizational uh, game plan, I think, moving forward. And Kyle says they play like they're a team at, at BMAC. I don't know what that is. Um, they gave him away for Vegas. Yeah, Joe, it's a good point. Oakland said our best player might help us win too many games. Got to get rid of him or we can't move. All right, guys, appreciate it. I've gone a little over on time. Uh, at B Schaefer 12 on Twitter, if you want to message me anything that I didn't talk about, if I missed your comment, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, hit me up over there. Check out Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Patreon if you want to support me that way. But make sure, above all, you're subscribed to YouTube because we will be back and hopefully talking about some wins for the Cardinals before long. Thank you guys so much for joining. And we'll talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily Live. Peace.